This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This is the Besotted Pride of West London podcast. So we've had a bit of a rest. We've had a week off. Manchester United got through to the final. So they said, tell you what, Brentford, you can have a week off while we win a trophy. First trophy in a while. And so we had our feet up. Brentford fans had their feet up at the weekend doing all sorts of stuff. And Brentford players hopefully had their feet up as well, getting their minds focused for the big game on Monday. I was going to say Saturday because I'm so used to say Saturday, but Monday as we've got Fulham coming to new Griffin Park. Or uh, as they called it, what was it they called it? You know, they called it Lego. Lego. Was it Lego Land or Tinsel Town or Lego something or the other? They called us like, you know, when I, we launched our stadium last season and they were still in the, what division they in? In the Championship, if I remember rightly. But now yeah. they're up with us in the Premier League and they're coming down on Monday. And I'm Billy Grant sitting here in the virtual joint with my chums. I've got... Ali Malali in the house. Ali, how are you? I'm all right, Bill. I'm um, very excited about football being back on Monday. Uh, it, right. it feels like a lifetime since Brentford last played, doesn't it? It feels like a, a long, long time. Also very excited the Man United game falls in the school Easter holidays, uh, as it's on a Wednesday night, so that's worked out quite well. Yes. And um, yeah, it's uh, and International Women's Day fixture is our International Women's Day fixture coming up on Monday. So that's also them. really exciting. Also, it gets for them. Yes. That's right. So, yeah, a lot of exciting things. And it's interesting. I mean, you talked about, you know, it's been two weeks, it's been ages since our last fixture. I mean, I was chatting about this when I, was, I actually went to AFC Wimbledon yesterday, actually. I went to see AFC Wimbledon play Stevenage. Steve Evans. I was watching Steve Evans. Oh, my God, he's not changed at all. Berating the ref, berating the fourth lines person, berating the opposition uh, um, managers. Honestly, he is exactly the same. And I was sitting there, and I know character's not happy. I was sitting with um, um, Ainsworth, actually, the, the ex Wickham manager who now manages another West. West London team are at the bottom of the West London Mini League. Actually, I was sitting there chatting to him, and uh, we were sort of chuckling away, or I was chuckling away at, at, at Steve Evans, just sort of saying he is exactly the same as we all remember him. And all the all the AFC Wimbledon fans saying you're still a criminal, <laughs> you're still a criminal, which I thought was quite good. allegedly, allegedly, sorry, allegedly, of course. But the reason why I was mentioning that is obviously I'd gone on a Tuesday night to AFC Wimbledon. And the games Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Tuesday, Saturday, and that just happens all the time. And somebody said to me, "What's the what's one of the best things of being in the Premier League?" And I said, "I'll be honest with you. For me, 
it's actually not having all these Tuesday night games sort of like relentlessly going to games on a Tuesday and then a Saturday, then a Tuesday, because you and me lately, and you know, and a lot of other people, we used to go to every single game. So it was, it was, we just found it really hard, but you used to still go. And it was really, really kind of, it was just toil, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. I, I, I don't know how, quite how we did it. And I, you I, were a lot I'm younger. Not... We were all a lot younger. It's only two years younger. It's only two, two, 18 Makes months. Makes all the difference. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah well, it's fa- factually correct. Yeah, I was, I was, was younger, yes. Um, I'm only ever going to get older. So that's, 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 that's factually correct. <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I, just, I just don't know how... I, just, I, I look at the championship schedule and I'll, I'll be honest with you, I, I don't look at the games because I've just got no interest. But it's, um, it's, it's just gruelling, really gruelling. And you, you have a cup run alongside that. And, you know, like you know, Blackburn last night, um, they, they beat Ann Leicester. And it was just, you know, they, they, they were not only playing... You know, you know that that sort of Tuesday, Wednesday, Saturday schedule. They've also got a cup run to to, to fit into that as well. We ha- we haven't had um, a league cup run or an FA Cup run this season, so um, that means that we've been playing like once a month. It seems um, we play we play a game, we do really well in it, and we may have another one, and we do pretty well in that, and we don't play for them. You know, two or three weeks, and uh, you know, I, 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 but you know, the serious side of that is, I, I think it's actually doing our players the world of good. I think you know they they could put everything into their performances, and they actually get some like recuperation. They're not they're not getting they're not getting burned out. They're not getting that fatigue. We're not touch wood. We're not struggling with injuries so much this season, um, and I think it's all all. all by all that feeds into you know the fact that we we have a couple of games and then we can we can sort of like chill for a bit. Um, put, your, you know, put, your, put your feet up and you know, put your foot. Uh, yeah, hundred percent. And put five and put man, a fiver on something. You know what I'm saying? But um, you know, actually, yeah, no, move on. Yeah, um, let's move on. But yeah, I'm I'm I'm, in, I'm enjoying the 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 way it's falling at the moment. I'm sure a lot of people listening to this are as well. You know. You know, it's, it's great going to football, but obviously, you know, it's, it's better if there's a, a gap and your team wins. But it, 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 wait, wait till the next season. It will all change when we're on our European tour next season. Yeah, yeah. And, <laughs> maybe, and as it goes, sorry, and I've, 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 I've been speaking to you for the last couple of minutes now, but I haven't introduced you. We've got Laney in the house. How are you doing? Oh, I'm good, mate. Yes, I've been chatting away. You didn't have the manners <laughs> to introduce. Uh, yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm good. I'm good. Yeah. Apologies for um, missing out on, on, on last week. I know you, you probably all were, were waiting for our podcast to drop, but without a game, it's sometimes it's better to take a week off. Like like the like the players, we can put our feet up, come back, come back at you, all refreshed, ready to ready to go again. Indeed, and 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 I just got to come back to it, like I said to you, as at, as at Wimbledon yesterday with Gareth Ainsworth and loads of other characters as well, you know. And he was chatting about, and like I said to you, he's he's, he's he was a Blackburn fan, and he was talking about the fact that his first match for QPR was against Blackburn, which he said was his biggest nightmare because he's actually a proper. Blackburn fan I think he was there in 89 when we went to play them in the FA Cup as well like you know he's there on the terraces like you know however old he was like you know but he said it was just his biggest nightmare because he's got all the fans sort of singing you know he's one of our own Gareth Ainsworth he's one of our own it's like QPR are getting a right good whipping like you know but uh, interesting because he he realises that he's got a bit of a job on his hands and I'm not sort of revealing any sort of secrets because I think we all know that as well but he's actually kind of realised I think he's put he's put he's opened the, the boot of the car and he's realised oh Blimey. Well, he's, he's got he's got plenty of League One experience, so he, he, he might do all right. <laughs> That's right. And as soon as we finish recording this podcast, Ivan Tony then made a statement about the gambling 
naturally, we are not able to discuss it because the podcast has finished, but I'm going to read out the statement now. I was shocked and disappointed to see the press speculation yesterday and today about the FA investigations process concerning me after I've been told by the FA that this is a confidential process until any decision has been made. It is especially disturbing for me to read that the FA is saying I shall be banned from football for six months before there's even been a hearing, and it does make me worried about the process. My lawyers will be writing to the FA to request that they conduct a leak inquiry, as this is the second time stories have appeared in the newspapers. The last time was just before the selection of the England World Cup squad. As I continue to be told, the investigation is meant to be confidential. I am unable to provide any further comment and shall continue to concentrate on my football. Anyway, look, we've got more things that we want to talk about in this podcast. We've got, obviously, uh, um, a, f- a few issues that we're going to talk about as well. Obviously, we've got to talk about the last game, which we have to cast our mind back to as well, when we played Crystal Palace, who are the last team on our, was it, five-month unbeaten run as well now. So we're going to go back to the Crystal Palace game. We're going to listen to what the fans had to say in that game as well. We've also got JB, who's going to give us some very good late goal facts. Obviously, there was a late goal in the Crystal Palace game as well. And, uh, yeah. So we're talking about sort of JB. He's going to be talking about that as well. We've also got a game against Fulham where we've got our old chum, Sammy from Fulhamish, who's actually going to be talking to us about Fulham later on in the podcast as well. And also there's going to be a separate podcast. I'm going to chat to Sammy on Pride of West London. So check that out as well. Where we have a little bit of a longer chat talking about, you know, Fulham. Because obviously we haven't, you know, we haven't heard from them for years because they've been down in the doldrums while we've been up here in the Premier League as it goes. But anyway, just coming back to what's been happening, you know, forget about what's been happening the last week because we're not talking about it. There's been things that's been happening overall and it seems to be coming to the fore now. Lady, Ivan Tony. I mean, there was a few newspaper articles which basically said, Ivan Tony, he is in a bit of trouble. We could talk about this now. He's in a bit of trouble. Um, Ivan Tony has admitted to doing whatever number of uh, bets that he's done. And he's probably admitted to not doing a certain amount as well. But in effect, it says that um, the ball's starting to roll on this one, isn't it? Yeah, it, it, it is. And it's, it's weird how it seems to coincide with the England team um, being named. Um, so there's obviously some shit stirring going on um, with certain newspapers. Uh, I'm not quite sure where they're getting their information from because this should be a confidential um, uh, process. So there's basically, um, uh, it's, it's not it's not a criminal court. It's it's a it's a disciplinary court between the player and and the football league or the Premier League. Um, so, the, but but I, I, I'm going to give some credence to the numbers. So it's, it's, it's several hundred bets that he's put on over you know, through four years and wireless, wire, you know, all the way from Northampton to, to Brentford. Was it down in the town of Northampton? Apparently, where most of the betting was That's done. That's what I yeah. heard, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, Innocent until proven guilty, but the stories say that he's admitted to, to them. Quite how this now pans out is is not really, um, you know, it's not really known. However, it, it does seem that it, it's it's edging towards some kind of verdict, some kind of fine, some kind of ban, some kind of punishment. Um, it doesn't seem to be affecting Tony's game. Well, it didn't. And I think the last couple of games, he, he wasn't quite um, at his best, but that's, that's not necessarily anything to do with this. You know, we all know that 
you know, Ivan does what Ivan wants and he seems to be disaffected on the football pitch by anything else that's going on um, off of it. You know, he's been, you know, he's been heaped on loads of racist abuse. Uh, he, 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 you know, the stuff about not taking the knee, he, 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 none of it seems to affect him on the pitch. And up until now, I, I don't think the, the betting allegations or the betting situation has, has really affected him either. But we, we, what we do need now is some kind of, uh, we need, we need, we need it to come to a head. We need, we need, we need um, a verdict. We need, we need to know what's going on. Um, if it is going to be a ban, it's probably better. It happens uh, fairly quickly um, towards the back end of the season, maybe. And, um, you know, some of the time serves over the summer perhaps, but it's, it's, it seems to be edging towards the next phase. So, you know, watch, watch this space really. I mean, Ali, what's your, I mean, what's your thoughts on this? Because I mean, for me, <clears throat> Uh, on this podcast, as you know, we've we've kind of actually not really we've, we've mentioned it here and there, but we've not really talked about it. Any, all my mates, all they do, they always ask you what's going to happen with Ivan, what's he done, and you know, I turn around and say, look, I, I don't know, I can't answer the question because I don't know. I don't know if he's done, you know, fifty pence bets, twenty pence bets, a million of those, you know, one massive bet he's betted against himself. It's, you know, what you've got no idea. So I said, it's all it's all you know speculative at the moment now. So it's no point talking about it until you actually know where it's going. Um, now, I think with the club as well, um, they've obviously got to try and plan for the future. So obviously in the summer, uh, no, sorry, in the winter, <clears throat> it's January window, they bought in Sharda, who they've been looking for for a year. As uh, Thomas Frank said, which we'll talk about him in a little bit. He was on the he was on the Radio 5 podcast as well, which is a really good podcast. And he talked about how they've been tracking Sharda for a year, tried to get him a year ago. They got him in now. And I think they probably thought, tell you what, let's just let's just get him in because we, we may need him quite soon because we, we, we've got to sort of protect ourselves because we don't know what's going to happen with this Ivan Tony thing. Also, obviously, we we're on the back of a very good run you know off the back of you know well we're actually saying that when this news broke we were on the, we weren't on the back of a good run we were actually on a bit of a kind of iffy period and our run only sort of started kind of um you know from the Manchester City game you know the Forest game before that the Manchester City game and then after that we've gone into a massive run now if you think about it before Christmas they must be thinking right okay if Ivan's going to go we need a plan B we need to look at somebody in January we might have to look at a loan we, might, we have to look at putting you know you know um, Brian and Bumo up front or you know if it's going to be we they're looking at what plans they're going to do to make sure that we're not actually going to fall into a relegation zone bang next minute we go on this amazing run <laughs> and we're in like you know in almost in European tour territory and then they're probably thinking right you know this Ivan thing's going to hit us at some stage is it better you know okay if we were in a bad run it would have been bad for us but now we're on a good run. Is it better if we kind of just deal with it now rather than logging it out and then maybe it goes into next season and before you know it, he's out for half a season? So I'm kind of wondering whether or not there's been a bit of orchestration. Um, and I thought this at the time when this news came out to try and kind of get this moving um, as quickly as possible um, to try and get Ivan in the in, sort of in the driving, not in the driving seat, but just try to get Brentford in the best position possible. I mean, what, what, what do you think, um, Laney? Yeah, there's a good chance of that. You know, we're not we're not stupid. <laughs> People that are, you know, if if at all possible, you you want to ban, assuming he's guilty, and assuming there is these stories about him, you know, putting his hand up and and admitting. If that all if all of that's true, 
then there is going to be punishment. And, and the club and would know. The thing is, they're going to go, listen, mate, look, just tell us the score so we can deal with it, innit? Yeah, but, you, 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 yeah, but you've always got to assume that someone tells you the whole truth. Yeah. That, 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 there's always the problem. If, you're, if you've been hiding something for, for several years or doing something that you shouldn't be doing, getting caught is quite, it's quite bad. If, you, if you've ever been caught doing something you shouldn't have been doing, I won't ask whether you have or Ali has particularly but um you know if, if you have ever been caught doing something you shouldn't do then you're sometimes quite economical with the truth or you 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 try and get your you try and get your ducks in a row as they Make say and look as good as possible a hundred percent so if, if, if he's been totally totally up front and he's got nothing to hide then you know yes I, I i guess it probably needs to happen as quickly as possible and now brentford are safe and you know barring some kind of ridiculous you know titanic of the back end of the season where we're 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 in the prem next season so it kind of really it doesn't matter really in the bigger picture um if 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 he gets banned um next week or next month um, you know, it's, it's just, it's just that we, we, we it's, it's better for everyone now if, if we just get it over and done with and that. Okay, so I'm, I'm okay. So yes, to a certain extent, but I'm going to ask you a question. Then uh, I'm going to ask both of you a question. So Ivan, Tony, and this is all very hypothetical. There's no, no knowledge or anything like that going there. Ivan, Tony, okay. Hypothetically, it comes out that he says, "Okay, right, okay, it's going to be in a bit of trouble." So we, the, the hammer's going to come down now. From a Brentford perspective, would you prefer if the hammer came down? Say, for example, it's the first of March now. The hammer came down on the first of um, the second week in April. Say, the second week in April, um, and so he was out for a month um, till the end of to, to the middle of the end of May as well plus all the other months and, and a few months you know and then whatever it may be I don't know how long it's going to be but I'm talking about that one month where basically means there'll probably be about five or six games which he's not going to be playing which may affect our ability to have a European tour or would you rather actually he got banned on the 29th of May which is the day after the end of the season and then whatever happens after then and then goes over the summer and then into next season and it might affect maybe the first I don't know two or three or one or four whatever it is months of the following season but the European tour remains intact if it was ever going to happen what do you say Laney? Um, the people that are going to make those judgments aren't stupid I, I can't imagine they'll let it run over the summer when there's no games I, I, I think any, any kind of ban will well if it's going to have any actual bite it's going to it's going to happen during the course of, of, of game time now, no no but what I'm trying to say to you is that the game yeah, time yeah, well, is it this I, season or next season is what I'm trying to say do you want uh, what, I'm, so what, what I'm saying what I'm saying is that I, I think the best case scenario is that it, 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 it's a longer ban, but it's suspended. Now, I don't know whether that's a possibility. I don't. Think, I don't know if there's any kind of case studies for that. But you know, they could they they could ban him for two years, but it's suspended. So if if he gets if he if he does it again, he gets a two year ban. Hold a second. Sorry to interrupt, but, lady. I'm not trying to get into the intricacies of the ban. What I'm basically more. Would you rather he kind of we had our European tour potentially affected by him being out this season and then it, <laughs> and it goes into next season or would you rather you know he got banned now and just say forget you know the European tour if it ever um, yeah. I reckon I reckon uh, well personally I reckon it should get 
you know, as quickly as possible, get get the band started if if he's guilty. So you're happy to um, forsake a potential European tour if we have to? We'll bring someone else in, mate. Don't you worry about that. Uh, What, between now and the summer? We'll we'll bring them. We're not willing to play the European tour this season. But we need to get there. What I'm trying to say to you is yeah, that if well, he's out, we might we might we don't actually need miss to out. Get there, Bill. We don't need to get Mate, there. We want to get there. If, no, if, no, if, if I, but this is my if point. I, if, I, if, I, if, Ivan, if Ivan's back, if, if Ivan's missing for the rest of the season, forget Europe. Okay. So, um, so my question to you is that: Are you happy to forsake Europe, or would you rather? Yes, I'm. I'm happy to forsake Europe. We're not ready for it. Ali Malali. Anyway. I, I I agree. There's nothing else left to say. That's it. No, Time. there's nothing else left to say. Blaney said exactly what I would have said. Okay. Pretty much. Okay. I mean, I, um, I, I can't come, so, can't come up sorry. with a different argument. <laughs> no, I'm just, I'm, just, I'm just asking whether or not you, if, if he were to get banned, if you'd rather it now or next season. It's, and, and now, uh, now yeah, the same, the same, for yeah. exactly the same reasons. Yeah, and even it... Uh, well, after Monday. After Monday, obviously. <laughs> yeah. not, not today. After Monday, when he scores a hat-trick, it goes out in a blaze of glory. I mean, let's look at it this way. He could equally go out on Monday and pull his, an- pull his hamstring or do his ankle or smash his knee. You yeah. don't know. I mean, it, no. you, you know, you've got to be able to deal with these situations if and when they happen. He could I, pick up a long-term injury. You don't I, know. I do understand, but those uh, that's a bit of an if and but. However, this betting thing is not an if and but. I mean, we know it's no, going to happen. I know, you know, I know. but yeah. it's, it has the same, it potentially has the same well, impact. About, how about you? How, you, how about you, Bill? Uh, well, you know, I've always been a little bit iffy about, a bit nervous about the European tour. So for me, I'd rather get Ivan Tony's thing done and dusted out of the way ASAP, and then we can move on personally. Um, because also the other thing is, I suppose that if you do have a European tour, he and uh, and 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 he wasn't banned this season, but he was next season. Then he'd, he'd be out for sort of half of it anyway. So uh, you know, it's kind of six to one and half a dozen in the oven. So for me, I think I'd rather get it done and dusted out of the way if it were to happen. Of course, allegedly, etc. So on and so forth but um so yeah so it seems that we're on the on the same page can i just say one more thing here yes i think we need to be very careful here because i think we're a little bit in danger of doing exactly what we got so upset about everybody else doing last week every every media outlet and fans of every other club are the same oh no they're going to be in a world trouble if ericsson goes and we're saying oh well if we haven't got tony then we're not going to get into europe or we might struggle next season i think we we need to sort of like we're not a one-man team we weren't a one-man team last season. We're not a one-man team this season. Obviously, his goals help hugely. But we have won matches without him and we'll continue to win matches without him. Uh, you know, Liverpool Liverpool being a case in point. OK, Liverpool have been, were pretty rubbish. But, you know, I don't think it's quite... I think it's fairly... It's a bit disrespectful to the rest of the, to the, rest of the team, to the other players, to say, oh, if Ivan goes and that's it, we can forget Europe. Or, no, or can... you know... Yeah, again, and, and I'm not saying that. All I'm doing is I'm... No, I'm, but I, I think we're, we're in danger of sort of like edging that way a bit, aren't we? By, by I, I, I would you rather, s- rather he got banned now? Because if he gets banned now, we're not going to Europe. But, but Which again, is pretty much what we've, we've all three of us just said. And I'm, yeah, but, I'm including myself in this, but I think but, we but, need to be aware of that. But you know, he's, the thing is that he is a key player and you remove a really key player and and, game, and of course... If we removed, removed, we, look, Bill, we removed Ericsson last season and look, we're, we're, a better, we're arguably a better team. I'll, t- I'll tell you who we need to ask, Bill. Yes. Thomas Frank. Yes, he, he would know. He knows exactly what we need. He knows exactly what we need. He knows exactly what we need. I tell you something, maybe we should ask him actually. Uh, but what we do is next time we yeah. shall ask Thomas Frank because he knows exactly what we need. We can pontificate. Oh, exa- uh, not, 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 he knows exa- I mean, exactly. Yeah. 
Not just like, just, he knows most of it. <laughs> he does. They talk about Thomas Frank anyway, so we should move on from this because you can see that we're, uh, we're moving ourselves into a little bit of a, a, little bit of a cul-de-sac, as they say. Thomas Frank, <laughs> he was on the Monday Night Club as well. With, uh, nice segue, uh, Bill. We oh, set it yeah. up for you nicely, yeah. didn't we? <laughs> thank you, thank you. i tell you something. set of professionals I'm working <laughs> with here, like you were saying. He was on the Monday Night Club with uh, Mika Richards and also I think it was Chappers was on there and um, who else was there? Chris Rory, Sutton. Uh, Rory. Chris Sutton. Chris Sutton. Chris Sutton was on there as well. I think Rory Smith was on there as well. And yeah. they were chatting to Thomas Frank. Um, a nice little interview, about 20, 25 minute interview. Go and check it out on um, BBC Sounds or also on any podcast channel as well. Like I said, last week's BBC Monday Night Club. Really, really good interview. Really, really, dare I say the word, Frank interview with Thomas Frank as well. And it's interesting because what they did is, again, I was at, as I said, I was at AFC Wimbledon yesterday, but I was actually there with one of the Chelsea directors as well. And I was chatting to him, and Dave Barnard, I was chatting to him about a lot of things. And I said to him, I was listening to, um, I was listening to Monday Night Club on the train on the way down here. And I said, it's really interesting because you've got Thomas Frank who was talking about um, uh, uh, the, 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 the Chelsea uh, the, the Chelsea. Um, Manager, okay, Potter, yeah, Potter, and, uh, and and I said there's there's two um, series on the Mon- on the Monday Club because club, they talked about him. Uh, I think the week before, the week before that as well, talking about how you know Potter was the the, the, the golden boy at one minute, then when he goes to Chelsea and kind of does the same things he did at, at, at Brighton, and it doesn't quite work. All, all of a sudden, he's been completely demonised, and it's how when you move from one environment to another, how it changes. So they were talking to Thomas Frank about you know about um, the abuse that you may get as a manager and abuse that you might might get as a high profile person in football and then they were talking about Potter and the abuse that he got and he was actually really complimentary about Potter and then he talked about his scenario about how the fact that he'd lost eight of his first 10 games and almost was saying like you know if I was at probably someone like Chelsea I probably would have sacked but I was at Brentford and I'm very honoured and very pleased to be in an environment where they don't overreact and he's just saying that Potter is a really good manager and he's got some really good players and they kind of just need to leave him to get on with it. But it was a really interesting conversation. Ali, did you find it? You, I mean, you found it really interesting as well because I know you, you talked about it quite a lot on WhatsApp, didn't you? Yeah, no, I, I thought it was it was really interesting in, in that, uh, you know, there's this obvious comparisons that, you know, between Potter and, and, and Thomas, isn't there? I mean, you know, Potter started quite slowly, Graham Potter started quite slowly at Brighton and built this really good and really successful team. Um by you know, you know Brighton as we, as we know have quite a fairly sim- similar way of working to us. They're a very well-run club, um, and I thought it was quite interesting that you know he compared himself almost to Graham Potter, almost you know. And the implication for me was that I'm not going anywhere until you know if I do move on, if my next step it's sort of like I can't, you know, it, it I want it to be the right situation, and I think. He, the implication was very much that Graham Potter needs time. He's a good coach. Um, if I went somewhere like that, I would need time to get my own players in. And I think there was a lot of support for Graham Potter. I think because uh, it was all a lot of it was based around the mental health of managers as well. And I think and, and coaches. And I think Thomas was very honest about that. And yeah, it, it's, it's, if you haven't listened to it, I think it's a really good listen. I know you can listen back to it on BBC Sounds. It comes under um, Monday Night Club. Um, and it was it was really really worthwhile listen. Definitely, and Laney, I mean, you 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 were very impressed with it, weren't you? Yeah, I, I I was I was really impressed with it. 
but you know, I, it's difficult, isn't it, listening to it as a Brentford fan because you don't really learn anything new. But it's it's it's, it's kind of like you you you're you're watching your man and you, you're it, it, you take pleasure in other people kind of getting him and giving him time. And instead of instead of ridiculing him, um, you know, you, you, you're looking at him and giving him the, the kudos for um, not only guiding a team to the top flight but keeping them there and and taking on and beating a lot of the big boys you know so um you know they weren't set the word second season syndrome wasn't mentioned once uh a, a lot of those kind of lazy kind of cliches weren't wasn't touched upon they actually they actually engaged with him and they, they had a kind of a, a grown-up conversation about uh, mental health um how the pressure of uh, managing in the top flight can can become overwhelming you know graham potter for all his previous experiences he's not really prepared for for chelsea and, and not necessarily um it's, it's just the not winning he's playing all right you know from the games the games i've seen chelsea you know they're going to absolutely cane someone to soon. um yeah yeah you know all, all of that you know but you know he, he's not bought all those players anyway that, that's that's kind of an aside but from from the from the the interview it was it was nice listening to, to Thomas just being Thomas. That's, that's, that's just the way he is. He's, he's not gonna he's not gonna change the way he says says anything just because he's on you know national radio. He, he is you know when I interviewed him for the for the Brentford Revolution book, he, he talks like that to me. It's not something I've I've not heard before. But he just it's just like consistently. It's just, it's it's clear that there and he says it. There's a there's a kind of like a is a vibe from the very top to the very bottom. Everyone's aligned. Everyone's singing from the same hymn sheet. And that, that, that's a cliche, but at Brentford, it's true. Um, and, you know, we're, we're riding the crest of a wave, let's be honest. You know, it's, it's, it's never been this good in our lifetimes. So, or you can argue it's never been this good ever. So um, it's, it's, just, it's just lovely hearing him um, get decent airtime, to be honest, now. And just talking about, I mean, you know, you were talking about Thomas... And you know how he was talking on the radio, just like the same way that you know you spoken to him. The thing is that we're very lucky as Brentford fans. You know, I say this a lot. You know, I've met him, I've spoken to him. You know, you sit down and speak to him in the pub, and he just talks to you like a a regular human being. He loves his football, and like I said to you, we're very fortunate as a fan base that we can actually get that connection with our managers where other clubs won't do. There's no, there's no way like Chelsea. Oh, by the way, the manager's coming down the pub. Right, oh no, I'm going to chat to you. Like you know, it just doesn't do that. But I think that. What is really interesting is that then we, um, as fans, um, all the fans, g- get it. We totally get it. You know what I'm saying? And so we're, you know, we, we, we yeah. do now. We do now. It's not. It's not always been the case, Bill. I mean, you know, it's, it's you know. Yeah. yeah. Oh, sorry, yeah, so, sorry to yeah, interrupt. So I'm saying, but we get. But I'm just saying to you. But we we get it. And, you know, and the thing is, I mean, from, you know, from even, you know, even we're talking about 2017, 2018, that's four, five, six, seven years down the line. You know what I'm saying? We still get it. And it's almost like you're going out there trying to tell people kind of how it works. Now, interestingly, as we get it, you were talking about how they were actually being, you know, um, respectful to him and listening and and allowing him to speak and everything like that. Um, uh, But I I mean, I think that, you know, kind of Rory is actually quite, you know, respectful. Even even Chris Sutton, you know, said he can be respectful. But interestingly, it's Michael Richards, the one who has always had some sort of a beef 
about Brentford for no real apparent reason from what I can gather other than maybe sort of historic reasons due to maybe his old mate Scott mm, like, his, old, his old friend um, Scott Hogan playing for them so maybe he had some inside knowledge as to why maybe Scott didn't want to leave at the time and he probably said a few things to him but he's had a real beat in his bonnet about Brentford that he's never been able to really give us any credit but this turned on its head today, but interestingly, it turned on its head because it's one of those ones. It's almost like these people on Twitter who are really brave, like going out there going, ah, you're this, that, the other, and they go this on Twitter. But then when you meet them face to face, they would never say anything to you or to anybody else. It's, it happens so much. And it's, it seems it's quite similar with Micah, who's never, I think, met Thomas or been face to face with him. First time he's gone face to face with him. And Thomas has done the same thing that he does to us, to you, to me, to everyone, the Brentford fans. We see it all the time. And when he sees it and you've got that human thing face to face and he sees the expression, the way that he speaks, mm. the way that if Micah says something, he could just say, well, that blah, 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 bam. And he just destroys him you know but in a polite type of way which only realizes oh actually and he's come back and he's actually gone he's all right that thomas frank oh he's a really clever bloke that thomas frank all the football they play is really good it's like he hasn't done anything different than he's done for the last 18 months or two years or three years but all Mm. of a sudden because he's been there face to face and thomas has had the the interaction with him his view has changed completely i mean didn't you think that was interesting yeah but you know why you know why? It's clear. It's clear that he, he Mika Richards, now knows that Thomas Frank exactly. knows. He exactly. knows exactly <laughs> what he needs. It's, it's, it's clearly, but no, I, I but 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 uh, me. Ah, uh, don't get me on Mika Richards. Uh, I'm, I'm, I, the, he, he, he's, he's ignorant to to Brentford, and I, I, I give him credit that he's, he's he's changed tact a little bit. But he had to just because Tommy. He couldn't be as he couldn't be as ignorant about us when Thomas Frank was speaking to him on the phone. That would have been rude. I don't think he's a rude. You know, he's got manners at least. But the the, the question he asked about Rico Henry. I, what was the I question have, again? I, I, people might have heard it. Yeah, well, he, he said he, he basically he's he said, underrated. You know, isn't the he? question was yeah. he's underrated. But I, I I think someone gave him that question to ask. Um, you know, say if, if I'm wrong, I apologise. But Thomas's I, I, answer was very it, interesting, it, it, actually, though, wasn't it? I thought. And what was that? Could you explain it? Yeah. Could, could you say what the answer was? A lot of people. He might basically have heard it, said. Yeah. He basically said, you know, in a defensive situation, one on one, there's nobody better than in his in Thomas's opinion in the league as a defender, but that he needs more end product when he's attacking. So basically, yeah. he needs to. Be, be, be better at crossing a game into those positions and you know getting the ball into the box. Well, well, that's, that's yeah, so which is so honest. Which he, at the end so of the day, he's a fullback, so yeah. you know. Yeah. It, it says a lot. Correct, it it says a going... lot about what the way we play the game. That his criticism of his yeah. fullback is that he needs to be more better at attacking. But yeah. well, actually, what he actually said was he says that there's been no player who in the Premier League since the time we've been there who has got the better of Rico Henry. He yeah. said, not not one. He yeah. goes, somebody might have got a cross in here or there, but throughout a game, in all the games we've played, not one Premier League player has got the better of Rico Henry, which is actually a really interesting comment. I would actually disagree with that. I would, I'm not one player, but I would yeah. say Manchester United away last season, I think they got the better of Rico that day. And I think that was more because Rico was having a very, very rare off day. It's the only off day I can remember. But I, I did think that day that, you know, they got the better of him. Yeah, I mean, but then the but following then I, game... I think it was because he wasn't performing that day for whatever, you know, and that's yeah. the only time I can think of that he hasn't performed in the Premier League to his normal sky-high standards. 
and you know he's allowed the occasional off day. Um, but, but, the, but the following game, Thomas Frank fixed it because because yeah. Thomas Frank knew exactly he what, what he needs. He knew exactly <laughs> what he needs. <laughs> but anyway, listen, you know, um, really interesting. Go and check it out. BBC Sounds on on the Apple Podcasts and everything like that, which is all good. But listen, we've had a we've had a good old chinwag about stuff that's just you know happened over the last week. We're gonna we're gonna go back and we're gonna t- go cast our mind back to a week and a bit ago when Crystal Palace, who we've not beaten in the league since 1963 came down to New Griffin Park hoping to get some points they were on a bit of a stinky run and most of their fans thought they were going to get an absolute peppering but things don't normally work like that in football and in the end it was yet another draw the fourth draw against Paralys in four games Uh, it wasn't the best game in the world we're going to go away get a drink come back and we're going to talk Palace so last couple of weeks ago now it wasn't even last week it was a week before played Crystal Palace because like I said we had a week off last week we played Crystal Palace and like I said it was so long ago that we played them in fact tell you what it seems so long ago I'd say let's go back to the terraces let's go back to the stand let's go back to the pubs let's hear what the fans had to say about that game then we'll come back and we'll talk about Crystal Palace ah, I describe that as time wasting cheats got what they deserved at the end Billy uh, very frustrating. Didn't didn't actually think we did that much wrong, other than poor concentration for the goal. I thought we were defending really, really well. Lovely touches, maybe not enough clear-cut chances, but kept going, kept going, kept going. And you know the the time-wasting cheats. Don't let anyone ever call anyone else out again. They were awful, and they got what they deserved. Um, and it's a point. It keeps the run going. Would have liked to have won, but it feels like a win right now. To me, that's a win. Eleven unbeaten. Who would ever have dreamed this? Come on, you bees. This team just goes on and on. It wasn't going to give up. Uh, Crystal Palace, you know, got what they deserved. They were playing for time after they scored their goal. Vitali Janel has become, over. well, he was not overnight because he's always been a hero to us, but just a brilliant performance again. And Brian's cross. Brian, it's so frustrating. Sometimes you think, what are you doing? But that cross for Janel to head it home, that winning goal, was absolute perfection. It, it didn't feel like it was coming, but you know we kept going. We kept going right to the end, and literally last kick of the game, we got that. We got our reward. So fantastic! I mean, it feels like a win in a way. They came with a game plan. I, they knew that they were going to have a tough game, and, and they, they set up. And to be honest, they you know they looked like they were going to nick all three points, but uh, not just an inspired like comeback of the party you know, at the end. And uh, yeah, no, a, a good point, I think, by both of us. It's a little bit lethargic today. I don't think we were quite at our fighting best. And I think, yeah, we struggled. And to be honest, I think Palace, had set, I think, sensed that in the second half and, and, and nicked, a, nicked a good goal. And to be honest, I, I think they probably would have been worth the, the 1 0 if, if it stayed that way. I was looking at my stopwatch. I put six minutes on the timer. And we were, we were, nine, we were four minutes, 50 minutes as Moembo charged down the. Um, the wing. I actually think we we're unlucky not to play another minute of uh, extra time. But he's won. But I've got to say, fair play to Frank. Frank got his attacking tactics spot on. He took Hickey off. He took Henry off. We're thinking, what's he doing? We went three at the back, but we didn't really because Yanel played as a centre half. But the minute we were attacking, we went two at the back. Yanel played forward. KLP down the wing. Mwemba down the wing we've caused some problems for the last minute and if there was another five minutes we'd have won that yeah. and it's no more than we deserved against the side oh uh, there we go probably, I, can I can feel it coming yeah, I can feel it coming one, on. of, one of the most boring sides I've ever seen down here um, and that includes League 1 and League 2 they didn't have any interest in really 
trying to make a you know come at us and okay that's fine that it nearly worked for him fair play but you know we we uh, we showed that even if you do do that we'll still find a way around it unbelievable somebody once said to me who i've been watching brentford with for 20 30 40 years he said i can't even remember us doing this in league one you know and that, says, that says it all really doesn't it i mean it's unbelievable and you know had we lost today we'd have regrouped and uh gone, and, gone and again we but we didn't and we won uh, well, it, yeah, it, it like feels a like a win feels yeah. like a so fantastic come on you bees you bees you bees so there you go crystal palace um tell you something was it was it two points gained i mean what that, that scenario i mean i know it's really easy to say that but that that, that game was sort of slipping out of our hands as they say, and uh, I mean, I had a Palace mate who uh, who actually left the game. I think he left the game probably about two minutes into injury time or a minute into injury time. And as he walked out, he goes, "I'm going to listen to the Brentford roar as I walk out to the train station." <laughs> <laughs> and I was a bit like, "Yeah, right, yeah, you could say that now because you're right because you're winning one nil." And then he messaged me later. He goes, "I heard the roar on Cupid <laughs> Station." <laughs> he wasn't very happy. Like it's got to be said, but um. I mean, what does that say about us? Because, uh, you know, we're going to have JB talking a little bit later about the bees and we do like a late goal and, and the resilience of the bees. I mean, that's part of our that's part of our nature, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. I mean, it was uh, I must admit, I did think I did think um, whenever it was back in the dark ages, whenever it was that it was um, it was a lost cause. I mean, I was standing there in the 95th minute going, ah, so this is what it feels like to lose. I'd almost forgotten. Um, but yeah, it's, it's just it's almost like. It's that never say die attitude. We never give up. We always chase. We're always trying to. Well, not trying to win a game in this case, but trying to to get to get a point out of the game. And it, it, it's for me, for those of us of a certain age, isn't it? It's, it's a little bit reminiscent of um, the great Fergie Man United sides, you know, who were synonymous with scoring very, very late goals. With the, the Champions League final being the, the probably the most well known case of that. And I, I, I think it's brilliant. I mean there's nothing like a last well it wasn't a last minute winner, but a, a last minute goal to get something out of a game that you're not expecting. And it was it was it was I think we, there were twenty eight seconds left, I think. Um and it, it yeah, it, there's nothing like it. It's it's a it's a, it's a real buzz that one. Absolute buzz. And I, I think quite a fair play to Thomas, you know, he got all five subs on, changed the formation, um really, really Pushed, pushed for it. Obviously, wanted to get the point. That's um, daffling to say, but obviously they were going to push for it, and um, they just kept going. They didn't give up. Um, I think the belief that they knew they, that they, if they kept going, that they would score was. I don't think the players for one minute thought they weren't going to score. I think I don't think there was. You know, you think there didn't appear to be any doubt in their minds that they were going to score. And when it happened, it was almost like, you know, it's okay. You know, we knew that was going to happen. We've done it, and it was. You know, it's fun. It's great to see. It's too easy in those situations, I think, sometimes to just go, oh, no, well, it's not our day. Like we were all, well, oh, well, it's not our day. This is going to happen. It's not our day. Um, but fortunately, the players and um, the management don't see it that way. And we're going to make it our, you know, if we can't win, we're at least going to get something out of it. And uh, it was a bloody good goal as well. I mean, it was. I mean, it says a bloody good goal. I mean, there was two goals. Um, obviously, it was scored on the day. One was scored by our old chum, Eze. You uh, used to play the QPR. 
um, as well, but he doesn't play for them anymore because um, he decided to play for a Premier He's League team. He's a bit team. better than Yeah, them. that's right. <laughs> so, yeah, we've got Eze, who scored a great goal. Again, big chance, uh, 45%, I think it was, you know, so almost one in two of those go in the back of the net. So, sort of keep your, t- um, keep your Crystal Palace teed it up very nicely for him, put it in the back of the net. And then the other big chance was obviously Yanel in 90 plus six as well, 35% chance. But those were almost like the two... Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Picture the scene. All of your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Big chances for the game. Other than that, there are sort of kind of teeny weeny little sort of kind of 10%, 12% here or there sort of splattered around the area. But in general, there actually wasn't really that much created in that game, was there? No, I, 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 this seems to be, it was very similar to the game at Selhurst Park, wasn't it really? Where, you know, we, we got a very late equaliser. I think justice was done in both games. You know, I, I, I won't I won't be looking forward to Crystal Palace fixture next season. Um, they're they're dull. Um, they they they, you know, I wouldn't want to watch Palace every week. They're, they're, their fans are incredible at Selhurst Park, and you know, I've got big big respect for them and you know the the effort they put into getting behind the team. But um, it's 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 really I mean it's the kind of football that that we don't want to be watching. It's they, they seem to be really happy just to survive in the division, and there's nothing wrong with that. You know, if you can, if you're going to survive in any division, it's best it's best better to be surviving in the best one. Um, but there's there's no kind of like style of play. There's 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 nothing. There's no kind of like DNA about them really. They've got some really good players. Um, and I think they could be playing better football. You know, we we'd have some of their players for sure, um, but they're just the way their their brand of football is, is 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 really really awkward to watch, and they've got no identity really. Uh, so yeah, I, 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 it's a good one just to get out of the way. We take we haven't we haven't we haven't lost to them, we haven't beaten them. It's a good barometer. They're they're an established Premier League team, so we we I think we can feel slightly hard done by that we didn't get anything, didn't get a win out of it. But in in the in the end, I think we were mighty relieved to have got anything out of it. So uh, I don't with, with this run, you know, it's it's brilliant, but we can't. It's one, it's one of them like if we take take lessons from our lower league days. These these runs. When it's you, you just have to keep keep the run going just for the hell of it. Sometimes it is better to lose if you're going to win the next two. Um, but you know, I'm, I'm just I'm just happy that we're we're turning up and our team are doing us proud every week. And it's interesting. I mean, you said that you know you you thought that maybe we should have got the win out of it, but. If we remember in the back in the, the good old days when we used to do our little Sunday podcast as well, which is very sort of punchy and succinct, 
and we always had a little guess of the fairness rating you know the xg fairness rating to see whether or not it's a fair result and in this game what do you think the fairness rating is do you think on this game ali quickly oh. rating, out of 100 out of 100 60 60 percent ali and laney uh 70 percent 99.95 i mean basically i mean that is as fair as any result can go they basically said one all totally fair result you know so uh yeah so it just goes to show you you know those two big chances and that was really it you know she could have uh, if they were scored in the second minute we could have uh, second and third minute we could have all packed up and gone home after that but anyway so um crystal i mean that crystal palace game there's not much else really to be said about that it was one of those ones which you kind of go in there do the game tick it off we got the point you move on and like i said to you move on to the fulham match but I tell you something who's not moving on at the moment now is jb because jb's got all sorts of facts and funk does he, um, does, does he know what we need does, Exactly. He knows exactly. exactly what we need. I'm saying he knows exactly what kind of facts and funk we need. We're going to go over to JB to find out what facts and funk he's got about that Crystal Palace match. Hello, Jonathan Birchall here again. Our last match against Palace was proof again that no Brentford fan should ever leave one of our games early. In our 61 Premier League games to date, we scored 85 goals, with 25% of them coming after the 80th minute. And 8 of those 21 goals have come after the additional minutes board has been held up. Whilst we keep going to the last kick, we are conversely quite slow starters. So far we've only scored 2 goals in the first 10 minutes after kickoff. Ivan Tony scoring our first away Premier League goal at Aston Villa in the 7th minute last season, and Josh De Silva's 10th minute opener against Manchester United this season. You're also unlikely to miss a goal if you're late back from your half-time cup of tea, as Brian Mbembo is the earliest to score in the second period, and that was three minutes after the restart against West Ham back in April. In his post-World Cup group of eight matches, the opposition still haven't managed to score a goal against us in the opening 45 minutes. Even the game before that at Manchester City, Foden's goal was in 45 plus 1. As we reach the end of February sitting in 9th place with 35 points and the best unbeaten run in the Premier League, it is so very different from 12 months ago, when we had just lost to Newcastle at home and were on a run of 8 defeats in 9, with the other being a solitary draw. We had slipped down to 15th place, just 3 places above the relegation zone with 24 points, having played more games than those below us. But next up, Fulham, for our first ever home meeting with them in the top tier. Opponents, who we also scored a winning goal against in additional time, back in 2014, with Hotter immortalised in a song to commemorate that event. JB with some facts and funk. And he's talking, what's he talking about? Last minute winners, late goals, scoring goals in the first minute. JB's got all his facts and his funk. But tell you something he didn't mention. He didn't mention what minute Damsgaard appeared on the pitch, did he, Ali? No, I I can't remember what minute. I think he had about half an hour, didn't he? And I, I think, for me, in what was a very average performance by us, I think it was... If I have to be honest, I think it was one of our poorest performances of the season. Um, I think Damsgaard came on and I think he was excellent. He was, I would have said he was man of the match for me. Even in that half hour, I think he broke the lines. Um, he pressed well. And it was, for me, easily his best performance. And I think that's 
that was a definite glimpse of what we're going to get from him going forward next season. I think he's going to be a massive player for us next season, and I thought he was excellent in that half hour, and I think he made an actually big difference to the way we are playing. Um, we looked far more on the front foot. We were breaking the lines more, and, you know, I just give him a give him a big bit of applause for that because I think he was excellent. That's right. I mean, again, it's it's a, it's a difficult one with Damsgaard. But, uh, say Damsgaard and with a lot of our players, I mean, you, you see that the way that, you know, that Brentford operate, you know, we... Um, we just don't panic, you know, and we, and we were going back to the Potter situation, you know, Chelsea buy sort of 4,000 players, you know, say that everyone jokes about and, you know, they haven't won a game for, you know, for two months or whatever it may be. And the panic has set in, whereas we don't, we don't have that panic, you know, say, so, so you've got Damsgaard and he'll be here for a season and they'll be just like, whatever, you know, we rate him, we think he's going to be good and, and they, they stick with him. Now, obviously there's scenarios where, that doesn't quite work out, you know. We've just seen, um, you know, um, my guy who's gone over to, you know, just got to, you know, we've had a couple of players who are just sort of kind of, you know, there were great expectations for them, and we bought them in, and then we've loaned them out, and they bought them back, and they they haven't done the business. But I think with those players, you know, you kind of know that they're not quite there because they're they're not in Brentford, they're kind of away from Brentford. You know what I'm saying? So they come in, and then we loan them out to try and get the get get the wheels rolling on the car you know what I'm saying um, whereas the players I think that they've got quite a lot of faith with they kind of seem to keep at home you know I mean obviously there's a few of them that they send away because they think they're going to take a massive leap and then bring them back but in general they keep at home and with Gap Damsgaard obviously we paid a lot of money for him but I think he's the type of player they tell you something let's just keep just building him and for this season let him do whatever but for him he's a next season player and yes I do agree with you he did look a lot more exciting um, in that game than, than we've seen him. And we see glimpses of him, but I think for us, what we want to do is instead of seeing five and ten minute glimpses of Damsgaard, we want to see half an hour glimpses. Which is exactly what we heard. We saw exactly yeah. what we saw. Yeah, exactly what we need. And exactly what we needed. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, this is all good. But anyway, listen, we are going to say exactly what we need on Monday night because we've got Fulham, the F word, coming down to New Griffin Park. The first, their first visit to our Legoland or Toy Town or whatever they call it stadium and they thought they were being no, rather funny. No, it's not. There was, yeah. No, it's, it's, I, think, I think, to be fair, I think that was QPR. Called it the uh, Lego no, Stadium, no, wasn't it? No, definitely, uh, definitely Fulham did. Uh, definitely the F word did. They called it our Thai Town Lego Land Stadium um, when they were down in the Championship some stage, you know, at some, you know, in the other where we were last season. But anyway, doesn't really matter because they're, now they're up here with us, and it's even Stevens and equally up. matched. <laughs> no, keep you up. I've just never, never heard of him. You know what I'm saying? Um, me and my chum Gareth Ainsworth, you know, we, you know, we, were, we were discussing Brentford. I was, I was telling him how you know, elevated we are, you know, and he he admitted that you know Brentford are a lot higher than QPR, and he's going to do his damnedest to try and save them from relegation this season. But anyway, should we move on. But anyway, we got Fulham on Monday, and they're coming down. We're going to have a little break. I've got a little beer, and I'm going to come back, and we're going to talk about the F word. Fulham. Coming out of Brentford. And people are telling me Fulham have been in Brentford before. But okay, what I'm trying to say is Fulham have never been in Brentford when we've been in the stadium. When we've been in there making some noise. When, you know, when we were in the stadium last year, and this is where it's at. We were in the stadium last year and they were in the championship last year. And then they accused the stadium of being a Legoland stadium with us in there. You know, so forget about what QPR. I don't care what QPR did because QPR are just like... It's, it's irrelevant, irrelevant. As far as I'm concerned. It is. But now we're talking about the F word, the Fulham and what's going down. And listen, the thing is, 
what is important to them is that they are invited to the Legoland Stadium to come down and enjoy a game of football on Saturday, but what on Monday, but what we have to keep our fingers crossed about, and this is where everyone's a little bit nervous, that they don't enjoy themselves too much on Monday, because let's be completely and utterly honest about you, they're having a pretty good season. I remember going away, I was on holiday, first game of the season, and I went to a bar to watch them play Liverpool, first game of the season, sitting there expecting Liverpool to give them a right good tonking. And I sat down there and I left that bar completely disappointed with Liverpool. And I thought, Liverpool, what the hell is going on? Never knowing that, you know, four months later, we're going to give Liverpool a right good bashing, like, you know what I'm saying? But um, they, they just didn't do the business that first game of the season. And it was kind of almost like the sign of things to come after that Fulham, to be fair, a few weeks later, they we played them and it didn't quite go according to plan. Um, but we should move on from that. But other than that, like Fulham have been, they've been, listen, let's put our hands up. They've, they've been decent this season, haven't they, Laney? Fulham, yeah, they're really impressive. And it pains me to say it, you know, they they're, the other great success story of, of the kind of like the underdog. Um, you know, we were obviously all hoping that they would come back up and do what they did before and just lose every week. And, um, but I, yeah, I, I credit where credit's due and you, you have to be honest. They've, they've been remarkable. Um, uh, it's going to be a, it's going to be a, a great game. I think on, on Monday night, uh, I think, I think the game at Craven Cottage was should have been a draw. I don't, I don't think it deserved to win. Um, there's a bit of bit of beef there, um, you know. Seeing seeing Mitrovic put that that last last minute winner in um, was was galling. Um, them beating us at Wembley was galling. Um, but uh, you know everything for a reason. I, I'm, I'm glad we lost that day because. It, it, it meant that we went up better prepared. It didn't feel like that at, at the time, um, but let's, 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 you know, I think it's, it, it actually suits us to be. Let's be really honest about this derby. There, is, we, we we do want to go out there and, and and beat them because them doing the double over us is something that would 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 hurt us. Um, and I think we didn't quite do ourselves justice uh, at Craven Cottage because we played pretty well in stages, but we we were weak at the back. Um, the, one of the, the first goal was calamitous, wasn't it? And, um, you know, the, the Mitrovic goal, you could see it coming a mile off. We've learned from that. We're, we're a slightly different team now. Um, and we've we've beaten better teams than Fulham this season. And uh, I, I expect us to, uh, to to be bouncing around at the end of the game. Definitely. I mean, Fulham, you know, they, they, they've got some... Tell, tell you something. I think the, the thing about it is, and, and I don't know whether or not it's them being better prepared... Um, the different staff I mean obviously they've got a new manager in from you know the managers that they've had before and this manager has just known how to deal with the Premier League and also how to get the team working uh, the thing about Mitrovic is like you know Mitrovic you know he almost like in the pre- in the championship yeah I bang a few goals in and that's what I do but he kind of like he was almost like one of those players who he kind of scored who didn't really try because he didn't have to try really hard because he knew how to do it in the championship. But then when he came to the Premier League, he didn't sort of try to kind of get himself fit and in gear or anything like that. And then, and, and, and I know people that know him because, you know, he's Serbian and, you know, I know characters out there and he kind of, he's a bit sort of kind of, uh, uh, Mitrovic does what Mitrovic does type sort of person. You know what I'm saying? Where have we heard that you know, if he wants we to might know out, somebody like you know, that. <laughs> you know, he goes out and eats. You know, he goes out partying. You know, he just does whatever he does, and he just sort of thinks, "I'll just turn up and I'll score goals." And in the Premier League, 
it didn't really work before. And I don't know whether or not the new manager has turned around and seen and said, look, mate, if you are going to be successful in this league, this is what you need to do. You need to trim yourself down. You need to work really hard, you know, and everything like that. And he was like, when, even when he played with us, he's almost like a different player, wasn't he, Ali? Yeah, I mean, I, I think he, he certainly looks leaner and fitter than he has looked in previous seasons, for sure. Um, I think he's, he's dropped quite a bit of weight and I, I think he's a lot fitter and I think that shows and that the, his goal return is a lot better. Um, I still think, arguably, he can do more for the team. He does very little other than score goals. He's a very good goal scorer, but he still does very little other than score goals. So if you compare him to Ivan, he does a lot of defensively. Um he creates a lot for others. Mitrovic doesn't really do any of that. Um, but yeah, I mean, absolutely, he is a different player to the one, certainly, who played in the Premier League two seasons ago. He's leaner, he's fitter, I think he's a bit quicker. Um, I, I think that's obviously to do um, with Marcus Silva. I think Marcus Silva's done a great job. And I also think that um, Fulham learnt from what they did when they, they came up previously, when they just tried to buy buy all these players. When, when they beat us in the playoff final, you know, that time. Uh, when when they had to play a whole Premier League season with no fans. Um, I, I think I think they learned from that when they bought a whole lot of players instead of keeping the nucleus of their squad together, the nucleus of their championship winning, uh, their playoff winning team together, uh, and then just adding where they needed to add. I think they've, they learned from that. They learned from that situation and they've been far more sensible about it this year and I think it's paid off. And I, I, I think... You know, like Lane, it pains me to say it. They're a very good team this these, this year, and um, they will be. They are difficult to beat, and they will be difficult to beat. And you have to give them the utmost respect, and you have to. See, it's like, you know, we might not like them, but tip your hat to them and say, yeah, they're a good team. And then I don't think they're in a false position. I think they're probably where they deserve to be in the league, the way they've performed this season. Right. Okay. Listen. I mean, we're talking about Fulham a lot. I mean, we're going to actually go over to one of our chums, our Fulham chum. We're going to go to Sammy from Fulhamish. Who? No, we spoke. Did we not speak to him before the? Uh, for the. I don't know if he. I don't. I actually don't know if he did. Actually, mm. I don't know if he actually spoke mm. to Sammy as such. You know what I'm saying? You know, I think like this time we are gonna. No, no, yeah, because it was a bit early in the season, so we didn't speak to uh, him. So I we kind of left think, it alone. I think we did. I think we did. I think we spoke ah, to somebody listen. from Fulham. Yeah. Anyway. So we're gonna go over and listen to what Sammy. Sammy is actually just gonna give us a little bit of a kind of a, a bullet reply response to a load of questions. Actually, but actually, I'm gonna have a longer chat to Sammy actually, and you're gonna catch it on Pride of West London as well as Brentford play. Fulham for the first time their fans are going to come into our stadium as they say but like I said to you go on let's let's hear what Sammy has got to say about Fulham I think he's probably very very happy so big game on Monday I was always going to say Saturday then but we know it's on a Monday big game Monday night football as they say (laughs) And uh, you hear the chuckling in the background there as well, listen up, to introduce him. I know that, you know, you, you're thinking, mm, I, I remember that chuckle from years ago. I can't remember. It was quite a while back since we used to have our little tete-a-tete, our little beefs. So we used to sit down in pubs all over London and chat as well. Brentford and Fulham, a little rivalry there as well. And Brentford and Fulhamish as well, a little rivalry. Is it a friendly rivalry or is it a bit of a snarling rivalry? we got Sammy from Fulhamish in the house. Sammy, good to have you back after all this time. I mean, you've been, you've been away for us for so many years, haven't you? I know. And uh, whatever heights Brentford get to, Fulham are just there doing one, one little bit better. 
That's right. One little bit better. How for how long, much longer? We will not know. We will see. We'll see at the end of the season. We'll see at the end of next season. We'll see whenever. Actually, we'll, we'll actually set the parameters on this one as to when it should be. But anyway, listen. What we're going to do is I'm going to have a little a little short fire quiz question session with Sammy. Actually, we do this like not with everybody. We just do this with special guests. The last one we did with Robbie from AFTV and Sammy. We're going to give him some four, short fire questions, and then what you want to do is I'm going to have a little longer chat with Sammy. You can check that out on of west.london it should be up very soon if it's not up now but listen i'm going to go straight into this so sammy tell me just give us your season summary in a few words um decent start found our feet world cup break sensational <laughs> obviously very happy with the start there as well that you've had so give us a marks out of 10 for your season sammy honestly I mean, it's got to be a 10, hasn't it? Oh, there you go. He's like trying to rub it, rubbing salt into the mood. So you've got to go for a big 10 out of 10. So give us your favourite match. Do I lie? Oh, here we go. Go on. I mean, the Brentford game was amazing when we won that 3-2, but there have been better matches since that. And beating Chelsea 2-1 at the Cottage, was that was our pinnacle. Um, it'd been so long since we'd beaten Chelsea and... Our record against them is horrendous so i've i'm gonna have to go for the chelsea win also brighton away and that smash and grab a couple of weeks ago was fantastic as well <laughs> but yeah you can never overlook beating chelsea at the cottage that's always the kind of that's the pinnacle for us yeah we beat them 4-1 at the cottage last season and you have to admit that they're that they aren't very happy after the game when you beat them are they no, they are not. Um, I mean, they're not happy generally at the moment, are they at all? But um, yeah, no, I mean, it was just a special night and we just had a bad, re we had a really bad record against them as well. And it just over the years, so many times we had the chance to beat them and we always kind of came up short. And uh, yeah, it was just really, really special to finally just get one past them. Okay, so worst match the season? Worst match, I think, will be um, our... Biggest loss, we lost 4-0 to Newcastle uh, in October. Uh, Nathaniel Chalaber came on uh, to replace Jao Polinio and got sent off after five minutes. And we were just absolutely pummeled by uh, an improving Newcastle side. So uh, I think that's a fairly easy one. There was also a West Ham defeat where West Ham managed to win 3-1 despite scoring no legal goals, um, which, oh. was, uh, which was fairly annoying at the time. And the only time that we have lost to a side below us in the league. There you go. Okay, tell you something. A match that you that you got something that you really did not deserve. I think I know the answer to this. Oh, easy. Brighton a couple of weeks ago. I mean, it was. An, I mean, it was, it was daylight robbery. Brighton was so good. We held on. We held on. We held on. We didn't have Mitrovic. Uh, we looked awful for about 85 minutes and then suddenly Manor Solomon came on and just scored that goal and the away end went absolutely berserk. So yeah, easy. And the match that you should have got something and you got nothing? Um, I'm going to say Man United at home. We lost 2-1 in the final minute. It was the last game before the World Cup. Um, we were really good for the second half. We had lots of chances to go on and win it. And then United kind of sucker punched us uh, at the very end. There was also the Man City game away just before the World Cup as well, where they were down to 10 men and we should have done much better. And I think Fulham bottled it that day. And then seeing you boys win there about a week later was a bit annoying because I think we could have done the same to them, really, if we'd taken full advantage. We didn't have Mitrovic again, which was a big loss. I think had Mitrovic, that's a, that's a win. Beating Man City at their place isn't for everyone, though, to be quite honest with you. But anyway, listen, best player. 
again tough but Zhao Polina in the midfield and you boys have had a stroke of luck that he is not available for Monday's game because he's obviously suspended because he's got 10 yellows um he's in he's immense um what a midfielder um yeah he's been fantastic for us and that goal he scored last night against Leeds was just a little bit special as well so yeah he's got everything and uh, he's going to be such a miss on uh, on Monday and Leeds the Leeds aren't happy either are they no, Leeds are not happy, um, but they uh, they never are, are they? They're not happy if they're not complaining or falling apart. That's right. That's right. So listen, player that should have done better or should do better. Uh, should do better player. I mean, that is tough because I think a lot of players have done uh, very well this season. Dan James has been a bit of a disappointment. Came in. I think we all expected Dan James to kind of hit the ground running and really make a difference. He got a goal against United, which was well taken. But um, yeah, he's been poor this season for us and uh, slipped down to about fifth choice winger and um, struggles to get in the squad now. So yeah, he's been a bit of a disappointment. Okay, so the best team you play this season is... I would have to say it was probably the Newcastle game. They were immense uh, that day. Um, so I'll give it to Newcastle. And they also did quite well in the, against us in the home game as well. Obviously falling off now. I'd like to play them now, but they're back in the uh, end, towards the end of last year, they were fantastic. Yeah, they played us. Uh, we played them probably a week after they played you and uh, they were very good. They beat us 5-1 as well. So yes. that was all good. So and the worst team that you played? Worst team? Um... I think, I think, well, I don't know, actually, because I was about to say Palace, but that was a bit of a weird game when we beat them. They did go down to nine men, so that is massive um, mitigating circumstances. I will go for Nottingham Forest when they played at ours, and they were pretty shit when we beat them at their place as well. Um thought Forest were pretty average, to be honest. Um despite all the hype they've had and stuff. So I'll go for Forest. I know they've been good in other games, but if I'm just basing it on Fulham games, then yeah, I'm going to say Forest. Okay. And the Brentford player to fear other than Ivan Tony, because we all know who Ivan Tony is. Who do I fear? I mean, I like Josh De Silva. I think he's a really classy player. And I think he, if he gets an inch or two of space, I think he, um, he has a he has a goal or two in him, and I just think he's a generally very very exciting player. But look, I, I've got a lot of respect for for all of your team. Visser on the wing, and uh, is also someone that I really respect. But I'm going to go Josh De Silva. Okay, and listen, to our strength. I mean, where do you have to be careful as Fulham when you're playing us on Monday? I think we just got to be um, strong at the back. I think we all know that you guys um, can be lethal up front when it matters and stuff. And I think we just have to manage the atmosphere a little bit on Monday as well. I think we just have to manage the game. You know, you guys are going to start strong. I think you're going to um, be very up for it. You haven't played in a couple of weeks. I think everyone's it's going to be a little bit like you let out the cages and stuff. And Fulham are going to have to manage that, I think, at first. Um, so I think it's a mixture of your attack and also just like the general atmosphere in the in the stadium. I think we're going to have to manage. Okay, and the weaknesses that we have that you think you'll be able to exploit? Um, Rico Henry's headering. <laughs> Is that it? Stick it, stick it into the back, <laughs> stick it into the back post uh, from the right hand side, and just hope that Mitro gets uh, above Rico Henry again. Um, I, I mean, look, you obviously don't have that many weaknesses. You're unbeaten in eleven um, for a reason. I mean, I still think that like Mitrovic can have a good day against um, your defence. I think he's coming back into form. He looked good last night in the cup. And um, I think that would be the main weakness. But I don't see an awful lot, to be honest. Like it's it's, it's going to be a really tough game. OK, and give us a score prediction. 
one 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 all okay final question for you actually can you finish this phrase bees up fulham in europe ah <laughs> listen sammy good chatting to you listen i'll catch up with you on monday it's gonna be a good game but don't also forget i'm gonna have a longer chat with sammy you can catch it on pride of west london we'll have a bit of a chinway because we haven't spoken for a few years on the besotted podcast we've got to get him back on like you know what I'm saying because you've probably all forgotten his voices out there and especially our new american listeners and our foreign listeners out there as well you've got who the hell is this person sammy from fulhamish like you know what i'm saying yeah we we, we 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 like to have a little bit of a jibe at each other don't we sammy we do indeed Yes, right. Okay. Thanks a lot, Ben. Touch you later. So there you go. Sammy from Fulhamish, who's relatively confident. He's very happy. Yes, we did play them back in September or August or whenever it was back then, but that was a long time ago and just, you know, but this is, this is now we're, now we're in the full flow. Both teams are in the full flow. We know exactly what we need. We know exactly what we need. We know where we stand, both of us as well. We know, you know, at the time, you know, to be quite honest with you, I think that, you know, even us as Brentford fans, we wouldn't have said, look, we're going to be top 10 or top eight, you know, by the time we meet the next time. And I don't think Fulham as well would have thought, tell you something, we're going to be top eight or top six or whatever it may be when we meet at that time. We just thought we're playing each other. Oh, we've beaten you. Oh, we move on. But now we've kind of in a scenario where we're actually understand the league a bit more, understand ourselves a little bit more and understand the environment a little bit more. Um, the question, I mean, and again, some of the questions, one of the questions I asked to Sammy when I talked to him in the, in the longer interview as well, is that Brentford Fulham for me was from, from, from the eighties for me, was, it's always been an exciting match. I've always looked out for, there was always a buzz about it. There was always a, a little bit, not a, a lot of edge about it. Like you said, you know, you know, 1981 or whatever it was when they beat us one nil, when O'Sullivan scored in the 71st minute, still etched in my brain, you know, I was at school at the time. And it just, it was just one of those ones where it was, it was a, a pang, that moment where like, oh no, we've lost a Fulham and they're all over the, you know, there's millions of them all over the place. And there's all sorts of mayhem going, you know, and it's just gone on since then. And it's always been exciting Fulham, even when we were in the sort of bottom tier or the second bottom tier and they had no money and then they got the money coming in with the Alphaeds and they're singing you know we got the money when they came down to us in the Leyland Daff or whatever the trophy was it's always been an edge to it and the reason why I think there's always been an edge is because we're always looking at getting on the way up we wanted to get from the second division to the first division or you know division the fourth tier to the third tier the third tier to the second tier there's always had that edge to it and again I keep harking back to like when I went to to Wimbledon last night I mean I'm, you know I'd never lie about the fact that I do miss a lot of elements about the EFL you know I was looking at it and, and I, I watched a game of football which you know the game of football was exciting in the fact there were five goals that were scored between Wimbledon and Stevenage and that's one heart back from the past Stevenage we were playing and then I looked at the fans the crowd was about 6,000 where Stevenage had 431 fans and you sort of sit down there and you could scoff at it but I was looking at behind the goal and the Stevenage fans were so excited and happy and to be there and they scored and come from behind and they won the game we've got a late goal and they're all going really potty all 431 of them like you know what I'm saying and I, I was thinking god I remember those days it was used to be a laugh you know you used to travel from Brentford to you know to Scunthorpe and there would be 320 of you and you'd be going absolutely ballistic like oh, you know so what I'm saying quite, you, a, you just follow start following Stevenage you get that every week mate <laughs> <laughs> no I'm saying but this is but I think the point I'm saying is that that kind of vibe as you start going up the leagues now all of a sudden with Fulham even when we were in the championship you there was that battle going on but now 
we're in the Premier League, even though there is a rivalry, I just feel that the kind of the dynamic has completely changed. Really? What do you think, Ali? Yeah, I think so. I really do. I don't. I don't at all. Yeah. I think yeah, I'm, I'm with Laning. Honestly, mate, if you if you want that vibe, it still exists. You just it's just not at Brentford. It's it's just up to you. I mean, you know, you you, you can't you can't want that for us again. No, thank you very much. No, you know, it's you not don't that. Speak, I think you don't speak for the, me wanting that again. I, I don't. No, I never want. I don't I, want that again. Thanks. My point. The point I'm saying, Laney, is that when you're playing in the lower divisions, you've always got an up to go. But where we are now, at the moment now, like, say, for example, it's like when we were in the championship, we wanted to get promoted where they wouldn't get promoted. That was the win. That was the big win. And they get relegated and we go up. But now you're in the same Premier League. All you're doing is that you're trying to get to ninth place and somebody else gets to eighth or sixth or fourth. You understand what I'm saying? And it kind of just changes that dynamic. I I don't understand what you're saying. I I honestly, I I, kind of do. But I've like, the, 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 the the, the 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 progression for us is to get better and better and technically better and better when we're going on that European tour. You know that's. That. But I'm talking about I'm talking about the rivalry between us and Fulham here. That's that's what I'm talking about. Mm. I'm talking about. I just feel that it's changed. It has for me. It's changed. Of course, we want to go there and we're going to beat them. But we knew the fact that you know bees up, Fulham down meant something. You know what I'm saying? It's like mm. Brentford up, Fulham down. But now. It's just when you're both in the Premier, it's almost like the Premier League. There's a, the ceiling, and we're kind of reaching the ceiling where bees up, Fulham down. Unless Fulham are literally kind of at the bottom and they, they're going to go down, it's kind of like it's just different. The dynamic between our two teams. We know that they're good. We they know that we're good, and we're not going. Well, you know, I, guess, we're not, I guess you take your pleasure from QPR being just so shit in that case. Yeah, but that is that is the argument. That the key VR thing is different for me. But Ali, do you understand where I'm coming from? Not really. No, I'm with I'm with Lady. <laughs> I think you know we still want to beat Fulham as much as I would to beat yeah, Fulham as I much as I ever wanted to beat Fulham. I don't. The stakes but, are I don't, even higher now. My 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 need to beat Fulham is in no yeah. way diluted by the fact that we're my, both in the Premier my, League and we're decent needs, side rather than my the shit needs side. to replicate your. League Three experience in 1981 <laughs> is, is not shared, Bill. No. There is no, there's no time we, capsule. All, all we want to do is smash Fulham. That's all we want to do. Listen, we still oh, want to smash oh, Fulham, whatever league the, we're the, in. The, I do I, understand, and uh, listen. Of course, I want to smash Fulham, but all I'm just saying is that it, but, it, it, there is there is a there is a difference. No, there, there is a difference. There, there, there isn't. There isn't. The winner in the championship, it's a, and you, it's a derby game. A, you want to smash them, whatever. It doesn't matter what. <laughs> we could be in the bloody conference. We'd still want to smash them. And now in the Premier League, we still want to smash them. The we want to smash them. Yeah, but when you're in the Premier, in the Championship and then you go up and they don't, there's no, even a more Bill, euphoric Bill, feeling. Stop now. Get stop with digging, 20, mate. 2023, stop mate. Get with 2023. By the way, we should listen. We should move on because we we, we're going, we kept we kept getting ourselves cold as sacked up. Coming back to Fulham, like I said to you, they've got a couple of players. I think Sammy mentioned is that Paulina's going to be out. Yes, he's got about 472 good. yellow cards, hasn't yeah, he? Yeah, that's good. That's good because he's, yeah. he's bloody good. He's really yeah. some player of the season. He was very good again in the cup last night against mm. Leeds. And I, I think... Um, that that's good for us that he's not playing because I would really fear him. I mean, not that there's not other players, no, full of players that I fear. Willian. I mean, obviously Mitrovic, William's been great yeah. this season, but you know, Polina being out is definitely a plus for us. Yeah, and I mean, looking at Fulham, I mean, let's just look at what they, uh, what exactly they, they've been good at this season: shooting from direct free kicks. They're strong. 
as well. Attacking down the wings, they're strong. Creating chances through individual skill, they're strong. And also attacking set pieces, they're strong. And where they're weak, and not very many areas, they're weak at defending against through ball attacks. So uh, they like to play with width. Crosses often down the right offside track. They like to play that as well. They play with the same first eleven normally, and they're aggressive. So I mean, this is you know it goes to show you. I mean, we 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 do this every week, and and this goes to show you that we definitely need to be on our P's and Q's this game, don't we? One hundred percent. I think we need to be absolutely on our A game. We can't turn up and play like we did against Crystal Palace. Fulham are a very good side. Um, they'll come at us. They'll be on the front foot, and if if, if we start slowly, we're, we're you know, I think we'll find it very, very difficult. I think we're going to have to be absolutely on, on our best game to, to to smash them. I think Sammy, I, I've not heard what Sammy said, but I'm sure he said this is our cup final. Um, and and, and, and I, I see us lifting silverware at the end of it. I hope you're right, Blaine. I hope you're right. Yeah. Well, I'm not, I'm not going to... I'm not, I'm not going to waste any time thinking we're going to lose, Al. Unlike some other Are you just not a little bit cup. worried that... We've been on a eleven game on beaten run, and then of course, Fulham come along, good. and it Look, might just it, be it, Fulham because that would ow, be a really shitty end. thing. Yeah, it but will end. Can it end next it will week? End. I don't mind it ending, yeah, but maybe okay. not Fulham. Yeah. Maybe not Fulham. If that's what you want, would it not bother you more? <laughs> would it, it not bother you more if it ends to Fulham than if it ends to Everton? Yes, yes, yes. Exactly, exactly. But not as much as it would have done in nineteen eighty one. Yeah, I'll tell you something, in 98 run, mate, I would have been in bits, you know what I'm saying? So, actually, I was in bits, what am I talking about? But uh, listen, um, we can, listen, we can go on and talk about Fulham forever, um, but let's just get a score prediction around the table. Uh, for me, I'm going 3-1 Brentford. Oh, uh, Ali Malami. I am going for a recreation of the Hotter game at Cremey Cottage, 4-1 Brentford. Oh, blimey. Oh, yeah. yeah. Ooh, that's a, and it's interesting that as well, because obviously... Wildly, yeah. overly optimistic, but there you go. Yeah, yeah, just, just, yeah. JB talked about Hotter oh, in the last minute what a game, as well. What a game. And, you know, and, and we could, I mean, we could, you know, everything, we could go and get really boring every Fulham podcast and start talking about those wonderful Fulham moments. But uh, I think there are, there are times that we shouldn't forget those moments, you know, and Hotter in the last moment and, was... And was, the 4-1 at Craven was an, Absolutely. And the 4-0 yeah, at Brentford. Yeah, yeah, that was in 1992. No, it was 1992. It was as well. That was as well. 4 0 at Brentford. That was very in the good. First half as well. Yeah, that's right. You know, we just come down from Fall Kirk in the coach overnight, as you do. Um, but anyway, but yeah, wonderful, wonderful moments that they will, they will carry on and stand the test of time and remain in history forever more. Like I said to you, these wonderful Fulham moments. And hopefully we'll be able to create another Fulham moment uh, on, on Monday night. Mm. You know, as I say, uh, my score prediction is going to be 2 0 to the mighty. Mighty Bill, there's one thing so, we can uh, yeah. all agree on, can we not? What? We all fucking hate Fulham, don't we? Yes. Uh, we're not particularly happy with Fulham, no, because, uh, and it's a historic thing, you know. So, if you had uh, to build a bonfire, seems... where would you place them? Maybe on the top? <laughs> <laughs> where, what would go in no. the middle? Uh, let me think about that for one microsecond. Queen's Park Rangers. <laughs> Yes, yes, it's probably so. I think there's something else that I'd like to mention about the Fulham game. Um, yes, that's right. I was going to talk to you about I the Fulham game, forgotten. and this is not I a last minute thought. No, no, well, we, no we, we're just, listen, we're just motoring on, actually, because it's not only the Fulham game, it's next week there's a big, big day in the world calendar, never mind the football calendar, and it's been celebrated on Monday, is it not? Well, Monday? officially, International Women's Day is on. Wednesday, the 6th of March, but um, 
there's a lot, a lot, an awful lot of clubs having um, ded- uh, having um, international women's days dedicated matches um, supported by her game too. And ours just happens to be because it's our nearest home game to international women's day. The match against Fulham. And um, Brentford are doing a, a load of, of um, fantastic stuff. I mean, what's really important, what a lot of stuff c- comes out when um, I go to um, the Female Fans Forum at Brentford um, and various workshops there, is that what um, female fans and women want to see at football is, is more visibility of women. And, you know, football's made great strides forward, but it's still very much a, a male-dominated sport and a male-dominated industry. So... What, what the club and in association with our game two are going to do both clubs actually because Fulham are, are, have come on board with this as well because they're a partnered club with her game two as well is is highlight women working at both clubs as um staff so there's going to be articles on, on staff at both clubs in the program we're going to have interviews uh i believe with both women's teams at half time um it's going to be mostly female mascots and um I believe both teams are going to wear her game two t-shirts, so to highlight and make more visible women fans, players, and staff, which I think is a brilliant thing, and really looking forward to it. And it should be uh, a lot of fun, um, and I think it's it's quite important that we continue to see women being more visible, working in football and at football and, and playing football. And also, I don't think we've had a podcast, have we, since Brentford announced that. The Lionesses are going to be playing at the GTEC in April, which sold out in about five minutes flat. So that's their, la- their last warm-up that's game right. before the World Cup, that's I think it is, against, us, against the Matildas, which is really, really exciting. So really looking forward to that as well. So yeah. Brentford and, and in association with Fulham as well, to be fair, um, doing, do, you know, doing a really positive thing to promote women in football and women playing football. So, yeah, really, really looking forward to that side of it as well. Really looking forward to it. It's great that the club's getting involved um, in these women's initiatives as well. Um, and again, it's like, you know, it's, it's say women's initiative. It's a football initiative. It's just basically making people exactly feel more that. comfortable in football and actually kind of putting to putting time and effort out there to try and profile it and to try and basically get us more fans at Brentford. Because at the end of the day, we just want more people who are into our club, who are going to enjoy watching our club, who are going to support our club. And we don't really care who those people may be, as long as they come there and want to support our club. So the more people that feel comfortable coming to watch our club, the happier we are as football fans and the happier we are. The important important thing is football is for everyone. You know what I mean? Football's for everyone. That's the important thing. Yeah, and it's the truth. It's true as well. So coming back to the Fulham game, the football's for everyone, um, but not if Fulham fans. But not Fulham. For the sake of equality, I, I hate Fulham women fans as well. <laughs> You don't even need to project. You just say, I hate Fulham fans. Full stop. It doesn't, may or no, I, I, I don't. I don't. That's, that's, that's a lie. No. I, that's a lie. I, I don't, I don't, you don't hate them. Yeah, yeah. You're going for Maybe a cheap, for a cheap joke there, lady. Yeah. So, but anyway, listen, we've witted on. We've gone down loads of cul-de-sacs. This is Besotted Pride of West London podcast. Now, my name is Billy Grant, and I've been in the house with Laney Laney. Good evening. And we've had Ali Malali in the place. Good evening. I'm going to bed now. That's right. So she's getting her pajamas on. So listen, did Grant here? I'm absolutely looking forward to Fulham coming down here on Monday. Smashing first them. Time Smashing since, them. First, first time since 1983. You know, I can't remember. You know, when I was crowded in the corner. It's doing. Look forward. Come on, you bees. Just beat them, Fulham. Smash them. Really care. Smash them. Absolutely, you bees.
away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.